many lights is kind of how I've come to think of it, right? So just many, many individual people kind of shining their light, doing their thing, you know, being who they were meant to be. And I just abbreviated that to mites. And it also so happened to fit nicely into the aspects of strength of people. Nobody Comes Here to Hide is a weekly podcast for the people who feel like they aren't seeing themselves or their current position represented in the media right now. The show features in-depth conversations with entrepreneurs, innovators, artists, and creators, where hopefully you get a peek into their brain and learn more about the impact they're going to make on this world. Hey, I really enjoy doing intros on the front, so I'm going to continue that moving forward. I just like um, chatting directly to you. That being said, this episode, I think, is my favorite episode that I've ever recorded. And I don't think I thought that while we were having the conversation, but upon re-listening while I was editing, I, I was really blown away. And I'm so grateful to Plumi for coming on the show. And we just had a really candid conversation about a lot of things. Um, this is maybe the uh, blackest episode, quote unquote, not for whatever stereotypical reason your brain just went to, but because Plumi and I talked, um, we discussed like this weight that a lot of black people have on them constantly to, to be representing an entire uh, group of people based on nothing but melanin. And that is, that's obviously something that's talked about, but it's been a long time since I've had like a true discussion about it. And I actually told a story that I've, that I have sort of purposefully, or that I had purposefully um, pushed to the back of my psyche because I really didn't like my actions and I didn't want to think about it or talk about it, but it was really nice to say it out loud and not be scorned, but but to be understood. And so, yeah, get ready to have your ears stunted on. Hi, it's time once more for another episode of Nobody Comes Here to Hide. <laughs> What's up? Okay, that's oh. fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing much, you know, just chilling, quarantine things, you know how it goes. Mm-hmm. This is approximately the third or fourth time I've asked you what's up in the last four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today I have with me Palumi Ogundepe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Can you can you just enlighten us with a bit of background? What's going yeah. on? What's what's over on your side of the pond? Yeah, I mean, I'm over here right now in uh, Tampa, Florida. Um, global mm. epicenter of the pandemic, you know, so we, uh, we love that. Um, we but do. I am a recently graduated uh, student from University of Pennsylvania, um, studied behavioral economics and management. Um, yeah, and then so after that, I'm going to be moving to New York, hopefully sometime soon. Um, right now, I'm starting to start working at a consulting company um, in December. But mm. with the way the pandemic is going, you never really know, to be honest. Could be later. Um, could it be just virtual when I get there? Who who knows? But yeah, right. that's what uh, that's what it's looking like right now. That's cool. Is um are you gonna be at home until December or are you like moving to New York sooner? Um, hopefully I don't think I'm gonna be moving to New York sooner, but hopefully I will not be at home the whole time. Um <laughs> home is cool, love home, love family, who doesn't? Um, but after a while it's like, listen, we've said all we can say to each other at this point. We're just <laughs> we're just we're just walking around each other at this point. Um so if, you know, travel bans lighten or if, you know, cases kind of die down, it'd be cool to, you know, travel around the United States. Um, traveling outside the U.S. would be nice, but at this point, it's a little bit unnoticed. not going to happen. Exactly. Not with your Florida ass. <laughs> not with my. Minute they find out from Florida and be like, "Yeah, no, you can't go anywhere." <laughs> uh, so, a couple of other friends I know don't start until December, or they're virtual up until like 2021. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, we can do something, travel somewhere together, 
do, do some type of activity event trip where we can get out of the house and at least, you know, see something besides our bedroom walls. Yeah, fair enough. What are you focused on right now? What am I focused on right now? Um, so, I mean, right now I'm wrapping up working on, or not wrapping up, but finishing a segment of a kind of project that I'm working on, which, you know, I'm sure we'll get deeper into um, mm-hmm. later on. Um, but right now I'm kind of finishing up a video project I'm doing focused on um, just Black people, the Black human experience, um, trying to do whatever I can to speak to current events that are going on. Um, and to kind of show people um, just different aspects of the Black human experience in hopes of, you know, kind of creating empathy between two different groups, connecting people who may think that they have nothing in common with Black people. But, you know, at the end of the day, we, we all share a lot more than we, than, we, um, than we don't, right? We're a lot more mm-hmm. similar. We are different. So kind of just kind of trying to show that. Um, so that's been the focus for the past couple of weeks, just kind of wrapping that up right now. I'm going to get ready to start sharing it. Um, but other than that... I am focused on just chilling, you know. I mean, I like the fact that I have work to do at the same time. It's important to take time to kind of chill, relax, especially after just, you know, graduating, doing four years of work, right before going into a lot more stressful environment in New York, doing work for Donald's how long after, right? Mm-hmm. For the rest of rest of my life for a significant portion of time. Oh um, my God, just no. Take time. <laughs> just, to, just take time to relax, you know, to kind of... Um, chill out um been picking up you know trying to play the piano right now picking up an instrument which is Mm -hmm. fun to kind of explore recreational stuff um but yeah that's 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 pretty much what it's looking like for me yeah can we get into uh this video project do you have a youtube channel or why video why video um so Video, I feel like so. I guess I can give the the, the spiel. In the oh yeah, it's it's the, your show, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, I mean, you can say company right now. I say really just more projects. Um, mm-hmm. at this point, it's called Mites. Um, and the focus of it is to kind of show, um, it's just kind of like help us find or refine, I guess, our sense of shared humanity, I feel like, in a lot of ways, as cliche as it sounds, you kind of forget what it is to be human. Um, we live in a pretty divided, tense environment world. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's very easy to be, um, to find what divides us. Um, so I think that just kind of showing people what we have in common is a great way to kind of progress a lot of the social goals that we have proclaimed that we want to achieve as a society. Um, so the main goal is really just to connect people to kind of show people other people and their human experience in hopes of just kind of creating connections. So as to why video, um, I just think that video is the best way to kind of create that authentic connection. I think in an ideal world, um, what I want is to kind of create a way for people to encounter those from themselves, like in a face-to-face kind of way. Um, But I mean, one with Corona, you know, that's not going to happen. Um, and then even more so trying to do that on like a, on a larger scale really isn't feasible just kind of orchestrating a bunch of different meetups. So I figured the best way to go about the goal of connecting people is to kind of show, do like video interviews of different communities and kind of share that, um, with the world. So right now, um, it's mostly on Instagram. That's where I'm sharing most of these videos. Um, but a YouTube channel will be created as well. I'll probably just end up sharing the same videos on YouTube and Instagram and, you know, whichever medium you prefer, you can, you can watch on that platform. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. You said it was called Mites. Mites. M-I-G-H-T-S. M-I-G-H-T-S. Oh, interesting. Is Mm -hmm. that from the, like the brawny perspective or the possibility perspective? It's it's a lot of things, which is why I kind of like it. So um, I guess you could say the brawny perspective and kind of like the focus of the of the project or the brand is to kind of showcase just humanity and people. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that mites speaks to just the power of people, the power of you know human connection. Um, also, I guess you could see mites in the terms of possibility, like in what we're kind of striving for um, and kind of finding that straight humanity, but all that came after the fact. The real story behind the name um, mm-hmm. was I was kind of exploring a whole bunch of different names, just kind of thinking about what I wanted to, to call it. But my favorite quote 
um, which I'm sure everyone at this point has heard, is the quote, um, our deepest fears that they were inadequate, they were probably beyond measure. Um, it's, it's a whole long quote by Miriam Williamson, I believe. Um, and so the, the quote ends with, let's see, um, or so the beginning of the quote, let me just go through the whole thing, really. Yeah. Um, so the quote goes, our deepest fear is that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. Um, we ask ourselves who am I to be gorgeous, brilliant, talented, famous. Who are you not to be? Um, you were meant to, it's a long quote. It's like you were meant to, you were meant to shine. You were born to serve the world and make manifest the core of God within you. It's not just in some of us and all of us, as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give permission for other people to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So that was not the correct version of it. It's a long quote. Uh-huh. So like a more of a poem, I think, than a quote. But mm-hmm. all that to say, the name came from um, many lights is kind of how I've come to many think lights. of it, right? So just many many individual people kind of shining their light, doing their thing, you know, being who they were meant to be. And I just abbreviated that to mites. And it also so happens to fits nicely into the aspects of strength of people, you know, whatnot. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I'm good. I'm tearing up. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Um, wow. I need a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So thank you, thank you. in, in a, as a hypothetical exercise mm-hmm. in sure. a non-COVID world, yeah. would you be doing this project? Um, yeah, I mean, it started. So the idea for not the specific video project, but uh-huh. a type of brand that is focused on humanity and bringing people together and kind of showing different, um, usually marginalized communities and kind of showing um them to the world and bringing their their humanness to light that kind mm-hmm. of came like probably over a year ago at this point that general idea it didn't mm-hmm. become a video project until probably the um beginning slash middle part of my senior year um and so i kind of started on it before covid actually and i was mm-hmm. working on doing some stuff um at school with some of my friends um but that obviously ended after they told us to go home because of covid mm-hmm. and so i was gonna take a break Um, But then I kind of figured, you know, why not just use Zoom and do a bunch of video interviews through Zoom? And so it would definitely exist, I think, without COVID. I mean, the idea came before COVID. Um, But I think the um, specific project that I'm working on now, um, that one came to light more so in response to the Black Lives Matter movement as opposed to just COVID in general. Um, Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, How... How do you see it developing over the years? This sounds like a, a brand or a project that mm-hmm. you, you're trying to keep, I, I guess, in perpetuity. Um, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I had like, the minute you start, I mean, especially I guess at Penn, the minute you start any type of project or brand, everyone's all like, oh man, you got to like, you're going to be the, you should try and like do this, do that. Try and make like, drop out of school, man. Just do it, you know? <laughs> And yeah. I mean, listen, I understand the whole idea of like committing something full force. And I almost bought into the hype of like just throwing, you know, every, not really throwing everything away, but just going a lot, you know, more focused on it than treating it more so like a project, you know? Um, yeah. So I definitely would love to keep it going. I'm definitely, it's something that I definitely care about a lot. Um, but I think right now it'll, probably end up staying more so a project that I work on in my free time. Um, if it ends up, you know, blowing up, everybody loves it, then cool. I mean, I would, I would love that. No, no, uh, no concerns here about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I kind of want to, I'm in the place right now where I don't want to force anything that's not there. Right. I don't want to um, call it something that it's not. I don't want to force it if it's not, you know, meant to be, I guess, to sound, not to sound too cliche. Um, I kind of want to take the time to enjoy the process of, of, you know, building it and seeing what it turns into, especially because this isn't like an area that I'm like particularly, um, you know, focused on or that I've particularly been interested in in the past. It kind of mm-hmm. just birthed out of the 
desire to connect people. Um, I never really been into, you know, media and stuff like that. And so I'm still learning how to do this. I'm still learning how to, you know, effectively make videos, effectively communicate what I'm trying to say through the format of video. And Mm -hmm. so I think, you know, just letting it be a project now, letting it evolve into what it ends up being is a way for me to kind of like learn the ropes, um, get feedback, figure out what I like and what I don't like about the brand and kind of see where it goes from there. Hmm. Yeah. I hear a lot of um, patience in what you're saying. And it's, it's so funny because I feel the exact opposite. (laughs) I just, I, I have never considered myself a very patient person, Mm. at least not with my personal uh, projects. Yeah. Um, I'm very much like, Let's move this along. Um, yeah. And I think that there's a culture for that in a big way. Like there's mm-hmm. a huge, like you said, y- oh, you have a single idea <laughs> no, not tested. Yeah. Drop out. Exactly. Drop out. Like you got it. <laughs> you exactly. know? Um, yeah, no, so it definitely, it, it came, it, I was very much like, I guess, less patient before. Um, like I said before, the minute I had an idea, everyone was all like, oh, cool, man. So are you going to like do this full time? Are you? I'm like, listen, um, at first I was like, um, no, that's ridiculous. I don't have any experience doing this at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to drop out. And then, you know, I started like applying to like Penn has a bunch of like small time awards for like people who are working on any idea ever. Right. And, you know, I applied to like a couple of them and like I got one award and then I applied to like a startup competition and I got to like the finals. And so I was like, Oh man, maybe like, maybe you got something here. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, I'm not trying to like discount say that it was like all luck. Right. But I mean, it, it definitely wasn't like, okay, you won this like very like niche venture award make a company out of it. Right. It wasn't, yeah. I, I, I was, I was almost trying to do that. Like, and I was trying to be like, Oh, maybe I should look for like investors. Maybe I should like do that, do that. And it's all like, slow down. Right. Mm-hmm. After a while I was like, this isn't one, I don't know enough about this area to even get to the point of investors. And like, even talking to people who invested in companies, I'm like, I don't, I don't know enough to get there yet, even though I want yeah. to. And so it was definitely like a period of me trying to grow or trying to figure it out too quickly, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. And then me realizing after like people saying like, bro, you don't, you're not there yet. I was like, Oh, maybe let me take my time now and, and try to figure it out. And I've definitely, um, I think it's better doing it this way, at least for me and what I want to do. Cause I'm just learning a lot more and I'm taking mm-hmm. a lot more time to make something that I've, that I'm proud of. Right. That I, that I can you know say like, wow, I really enjoy the process of making it. And I wasn't making it because I was trying to, you know, meet some deadline or because if I don't prove that it can be a great company within like six months, then no one's going to like buy into it. Like all that's mm-hmm. out the window. It's like, now it's just, let me make something that I can be proud of being out there. And then over time, if I get better at it, I'll be able to do it quicker. Right. And then mm-hmm. if that time comes and people really like it, then maybe I can think about, you know, how does this grow into something bigger, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I was listening to an interview the other day and this what was it about I think it was actually it was between two comedians mm-hmm. and um the older of the two was talking about how now the the way that comedy exists um young comics have to define themselves much faster in order mm-hmm. to like brand in -hmm. order to get noticed whereas before it was much more of a you're kind of figuring out for five to seven years and then you like hit a stride and through hitting a stride you do like your tours and all this stuff and so it it is kind of interesting the way that so social media is like is incredible because it it democratizes communication which is phenomenal Mm -hmm. anyone can have a platform everyone has a platform yeah um but I also have felt some of the like some pushback, some internal pushback about social media because it just requires that you know. You, it feels like you need to know you what are. you're. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, no, I 
No, I very much agree. I think like social media, what I've come, I mean, I think you, when you start social media and maybe even when you're not using it for like any type of project or I guess entrepreneurial type ventures, you mm-hmm. kind of only see the upside of social media, right? You think, oh, it's just great. Just connecting people. Everyone has, everyone just be who they are. It's great, you know? And then I think it takes coming through that social media is a tool, right? And it can be used for, you know, whatever you want it to. And it can, it can, and in fact, that is a tool, like it's not inherently good or bad. So it has like a lot of, a lot of downsides to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that social media, it just like, like you said, it forces definition, right? You have to like brand yourself very quickly. You have to like, know who is your market who on social media do you want to talk to who do you not want to talk to um Mm -hmm. what type of company are you what type of company aren't you right you kind of have to define yourself especially with the fact that like you said because it has allowed everyone to um create a platform um there's a lot more people doing probably what you want to do right so it's like before it's you can maybe take time to figure things out um and kind of develop your your niche but like it can be easy to think that every niche is like filled at this point. You have to like mm-hmm. really, really be special to to stand out, um, which I think is um, hard for creators because I mean, like you got to go with like the ugly phase of like everything, yeah. right? Like I forget um, someone said this quote that like um, if you, anything that you want to do, you have to be okay with doing it badly at first, pretty much. It was something along mm-hmm. those lines. Like, no matter what you do, I don't care who you are. Like, you're going to be kind of like bad at whatever you do for the first time. And you have to be okay with that process. And social media makes it very hard to be okay with that ugly process. Yes. You know? Yes. I fully agree with that. I very much, I I can just see, I've seen people, um, what am I trying to say? I feel like it can take away from the the process of creation because mm. if you're no longer playing for like playing's sake, yeah. then you are creating something with an eye to strategy. And mm, so definitely. now, now it's kind of like, Oh, but there's this whole like other area that you might not be approaching because it's not marketable. Mm, yeah. And that really upsets me. And that's something that's a trap I fell into. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely, I completely agree. When I first started, and I think that especially when it comes to the point of shifting from ideation to actually putting something out there and creating, um, mm-hmm. I think everything looks really cool and sounds like really cool in your head. Of course, you're like, oh, this is the man I put on social media. They'll get it. Like, they're going to know what's <laughs> going on. Like, it's not going to be any type of weird thing. They're going to be like, oh, this is mm-hmm. where has it been? all this time right yeah I think the first time I put put something out one for my it's on social media one it wasn't any type of video project because it wasn't even a video project when I started putting stuff on social media right it was something kind of different and it all it sounded so cool in my head and the minute I put it out I was like even I was looking back I was like this wasn't this wasn't that good at all actually this didn't really look good didn't really sound good i didn't i get why people didn't really like vibe with it super heavy at first like you think that oh the minute you put it out you're gonna like blow up right everyone's been waiting for what you have um Mm -hmm. and that's just not the case most of the time right and so it takes like going through many iterations of what your idea is and putting it into fruition because i mean like in your head it's all very abstract right and you think Mm -hmm. it's good but making something concrete from that abstract is a lot harder once you actually it looks easy from afar, but it's a lot harder. Social media makes it very hard to go through those phases of figuring out what you actually want to put out to the world. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 interesting that you say in your head, like you're you're everyone's been waiting for this. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's yeah. been waiting for this. And it's just clearly because you've only been talking to yourself about it. Exactly. Exactly. And you've been waiting for it, but it's not necessarily. And it's not even, it's not even that other people don't need it because likely there are those people. The yeah. real issue is in being able to communicate it mm-hmm. well enough that yeah. the people who are looking for it, are clicking with what you're saying even exactly. if the the product is like truly i don't know the bomb.com yeah then it doesn't matter if you uh can't 
communicate that. Exactly. Exactly. Which is, which I think is often where the failure can come in, but mm-hmm. it's not, I don't think it's always the part that people are thinking about because yeah. I, I think, I mean, I have this concept in my brain uh, all about decision processes, which is what I study. Mm-hmm. And I know that people want this <laughs> um, and I might know where they are, but yeah. I just do not know how to translate decision processes to people because yeah. it means nothing. Yeah. And, you know, if I just say productivity, it's like reducing it. Like that's not really what it is. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Yeah. And taking the time to find it too. I mean, like, even like mm-hmm. you said, communicating it, even if you communicate effectively, once you get to the point where you can, it's like, right. you think that once like, and when you start out, unless you have like a huge platform already, only like so many people are going to see what you have. Right. And it just could be the case that the people who you're trying to target haven't seen it yet. And you make it yeah. in your head like, oh, why? I mean, I thought I communicated it pretty effectively and people have seen it. Why aren't they clicking? But it's like maybe the right people just haven't had the time to stumble upon it. And like having that patience and like in some ways confidence of like, okay, I've said what I want to say. I think I said it right. And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they don't see it now, but in a couple weeks, months, you know, whatever, hopefully they will, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also interesting because feedback on social media doesn't doesn't exactly it's not active until you have a large platform Mm, which i think can make it difficult to it's that same um like snake eating its tail situation (laughs) where it's like i need people to tell me whether or not they like this but people are not going to like answer a question that i pose in my um comments Mm -hmm. until they're already sort of like bought into whatever it is I'm doing. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that is the, yeah. Social media. <laughs> <laughs> That's our take on social media. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, I want to transition a little bit to um, more spiritual questions. Sure. Just trying this out. Um, what is your deepest fear? Mm, my deepest fear. Um, so it's funny. So for the, um, for the most recent video project that I did, I was asking some people that same exact question. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone was giving the same exact, the same answer that I usually give, um, which is like, my deepest fear is failure, right? My deepest fear is not living up to, um, the potential that I see having for myself type stuff. Yeah. Um, which I think definitely... Definitely is a fear of mine. Definitely don't want that. Um, but my deepest fear, like after hearing the response, just kind of think to myself. Um, I think my deepest fear is getting to the, hmm, my deepest fear, I think is... I don't know, maybe coming to the end, maybe not the end of my life, but the latter portion of my life um, and finding that maybe having too many regrets. Mm-hmm. Maybe I think that's kind of what I want to say. Having too many regrets at the latter portion of my life, just thinking to myself, there's a lot more stuff that um, I could have done or I wanted to do that has never had um, the courage or the confidence to actually pursue. Because um, I think that, yeah, I think that would just, it would just suck a lot to get to the point where you're all like, I want, like now, you know, we're young, we can do whatever we want, I guess. But to get mm-hmm. to the point where like you want to do something or you want to do something and you, and you can't because it's just too late. I think that'd be my deepest fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. That resonates. Um, I'll share mine so that you're not um, <laughs> naked in front of my audience all alone. <laughs> I know it's fine. Um, I'm truly terrified that I will never feel understood, like, hmm. like fully understood. And I think yeah. that's partially the part of that that I can control is I can try and figure out how to communicate that. Yeah. Um, 
But then the other part of it that I can't control is whether or not anyone will be willing to speak my language mm-hmm. or like create a pigeon between our languages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I think that fear has been like, like uh, manifesting a lot more literally lately. Mm. Um, and I've just been literally screaming all over the house, like validate me. Like <laughs> I'm like constantly talking to my dad being like, aren't I so good? Isn't this good what I did for you? And it's yeah. like, that's not actually helping, but it's all I can do right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know how we're going to follow that. So <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Have you found community? How do I find community? Mm-hmm. In general. Yeah. Hmm. So I guess it's kind of maybe two part answer to that. Um, so I think for me, at least just my personality type, um, mm-hmm. I'm not like a super, uh, I guess you could say outgoing type person where like, I'll just go and, you know, make friends with whoever I see. Um, and that'll be that. And I'll just be able to find everyone like that. Um, I'm more, I guess, reserved a little bit more to myself. Um, so I think for me, the best way to find community is to kind of just stay true to who I am and hope that along the way I'll find like doing things that I enjoy doing, that I'll find people who enjoy doing those things as well. Um, I think that at some points it leaves me by myself a lot, just like doing what I like to do, which I mean, I'm grateful that I guess just my temperament that I don't mind that as much as others would. So I don't really mind doing things myself, you know, too much, but I think, um, in doing those things, I'm able to find people who generally resonate with the things that I care about. Cause I mean, I, if I really like ceramics, I'm going to go to a ceramic making class and do right. that by myself, even if no one else really is there. Cause I enjoy it, but you know, I will find the people who enjoy making ceramics. And so that'll be that. Um, so I think that's one way. Then I will also say, um, is that I think community isn't something that you just find that you have to make it in a lot of ways. Um, and that, and I guess to, you know, elaborate on that, just being the fact that um, it takes very intentional action. I've come to learn like just over the past, I'd say more so over the past year or two um, mm-hmm. to kind of create, to make friends, right. To kind of, get to the point where you're fully comfortable with somebody, you know, sharing, you know, who you are and, you know, just being super vulnerable with one another. I Mm -hmm. think that that's an action that you have to be very intentional about building. And so in that way, I think um, maybe I can find someone at that certain making class, but, you know, until I get to the point where I'm comfortable, you know, just sharing with them, like after, you know, obviously I think that, you know, we can be good friends or I'm not going to share with everybody, but You know, I, I find someone that I think, hey, I, I, you know, I like this person. I, I want to, you know, get to know them better, be, have them be my community, me being, me being theirs. Um, that takes, you know, being intentional and just, you know, um, making sure that you take time to talk with them whenever you can, you know, to be like, check up on them, um, share things about your life, not be super vague in general all the time, be very like honest. And so I think in that sense, you kind of have to build your community. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. That, that brings me to um, a question of when did intentionality as a concept come into your like behavioral vocabulary? Hmm. It's a great question. Um, I think, so I, so for background, I'm a pretty religious person, I'd say, um, Christian, I guess, you know, to be more specific. And so intentionality is something that, um, I guess in the Christian world, people talk a lot about in regards to like relationships, like usually like romantic relationships, right? The idea of, you know, love, 
love being a choice, right? You have to actively right. love somebody and actively um, choose to want to to be with them. Um, but also even before that, in a dating relationship, being very um, intentional about the relationships that you engage in and being very intentional about, you know, the people you communicate with and talk to and that you, you know, you say like, I, I, I want to do this, do that. I want to be this, be that to you. Um, being very intentional about your intentions, you know, I guess with that person. Um, so I think that kind of, that kind of idea, I mean, most people just end up learning it, you know, at some point, like in, you know, middle school or high school, when you're trying to talk about girls or guys or whatever, like, you know, trying to get into relationships. And so I think that's probably when the idea of intentionality um, came into my vocabulary of being very like specific about what I want and what I um, want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. <laughs> I, I, so I was also raised in a Christian household. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do not feel like intentionality is something that I thought about until mm. until college yeah um at least not in the way that you're talking yeah. i i think i the way that a religion has always felt to me or mm-hmm. the environment that i grew up in it felt yeah. very much like here here are the bylaws mm. and you just follow this mm. and so it didn't always feel like there was room for choices uh, yeah or like questioning you know Mm. like what is the reasoning behind this like Mm. okay i'm not gonna murder but like (laughs) let's talk about why we don't want to you know what i mean obviously that's an extreme example but yeah yeah so yeah so intentionality it never felt like i was really choosing much it just felt like i was doing what was expected without without thinking so Mm. that's that's very interesting it is very interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Intentionality is always just something I've thought of in relation to relationships. And I think I just, I don't know when, where, what video, what sermon I watched, but <laughs> at some point along the way, someone said, you have to be very intentional about your relationships, about what you want, stuff like that. And I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess right that's kind of how it developed. Hmm. Interesting. Um, going back to your fear from earlier. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you said you, you don't want to have too many regrets, right? When yeah. you look back. Any the if I'm lucky. <laughs> right. Uh, so how, how does one make sure you're not having so many regrets? Like, do you have a, a framework for making decisions? This also ties into intentionality of just like, yeah, how do you know that you are doing what, I don't know, not what, what? you should do. Cause it's hard yeah. to say. Right. But like, how yeah. do you know that in the moment you're making the decision that you won't regret? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I fully figured it out. I guess what I, I'm trying to think about decisions that I make. Um, I usually try and think to myself, you know, Pulumi, if you do or don't do this, like, will you do you think you'll regret it? Is what mm. I usually try to ask myself. Um, and if I think that I will regret it, like, um, then I usually try and do whatever I can to, to move forward with it. I'm trying to think if I have a, a way of going about that. Um, yeah, I don't think I have a, a set, you know, decision process in place to make those decisions. I try and like, uh, I guess, isolate myself to the extent that I think is is best from others, um, others who I don't value, I guess, their opinion, right? Mm-hmm. I think with like social media and stuff like that, I guess even going back to that, it can be easy to kind of make a lot of your decisions based on social media. Um, but I think that for me, it's been helpful to kind of like, when I want to make a decision or when I want to do something, when I'm thinking about something important to me, I'll, I'll tend to like get off of social media because I don't really, 
I guess I'm a person that's kind of easily primed to, to certain things. If I see somebody doing mm. something, I'm all like, oh, that's probably the right way to go about it, to do it. Um, and just, I just, that's just me as a person that I, it happens very easily for me. And so I kind of have to be intentional. Okay. Um, be intentional about, um, like getting off of social media, kind of making sure that I'm only considering opinions of people that, you know, are really close to me, my community, you know, um, and that's kind of how I'll go about. And I'll think to myself in that time, you know, isolation, like, will I regret this regardless of how it turns out? And that's kind Mm -hmm. of, I think how I've gone about decisions recently. Interesting. So are you more prone to speculation or action? Speculation for sure. Mm. Speculation for sure. Fall a lot into uh, analysis paralysis. Everyone loves that phrase. (laughs) Everyone loves it. it. Had to throw it out there. Had to throw Mm -hmm. it out there. Um, um, I think just, I guess me personally tend to be, pretty big perfectionists in a lot of things. Um, and I think growing up too, I just started, I valued a lot of people's opinions a lot more than I think was healthy for me to do growing up. Mm-hmm. And so I got in the habit of really trying to find external validation. Um, and so also, I guess, in addition to that, something that's very um big for me and very, I guess, in line with perfectionism thing is I have a very, um, I'm probably unhealthy, I guess you could say, um, focus on like trying to do things right. Like trying to find what is right and what is wrong. Um, and like, you know, acting accordingly. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, when you're younger, it can be, it's easier to say like, Oh, this is right. This is wrong. Let me do this. Right. But I think as you get older, you find that the world's a lot more complex than that. And that, you know, right and wrong or the perfect decision, if you will, the perfect life, perfect um, job, none of that really exists. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was kind of like, oh, this is going to be a problem because I kind of need to have that certainty. I really want to. Um, and I guess because my desire for that certainty, um, but also the simultaneous knowledge of the certainty doesn't really exist, <laughs> leads to a lot of like me just thinking to myself, like going around in circles, like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I, do it? Should I not do it? And I just end up just like thinking a lot about things longer than yeah. I should. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I love to optimize. Um, and that's really easy to do in a closed environment. But as my problems are bigger um, and not more important, but like have actual weight, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the way that I went about like making decisions before just doesn't add up because now there's too many permutations. Even if I'm stuck with two choices, it's like what I normally did was here are my two choices, looking at all the probable like possibilities. How would this work? But now I'm like, now we're in the like thousands (laughs) of permutations and I'm Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I can't do this every time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just too much. So I'm trying to get a little bit better at sort of looking at like large scope direction. Like what direction Mm -hmm. do these things take me in? And then sort of being like, okay, I will make a choice and in making that choice, I, I am okay with all like the, I mean, I'm doing a visual thing cause I don't know how to say <laughs> it, but like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. of this one choice, I'm sort of okay with everything in that lane in mm, like, yeah. 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 I feel that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting. Why is this not, this feels like a class that yeah. should exist, well, you know, it's definitely. like personal finance and how to make life decisions. <laughs> definitely should be a class definitely wow i guess we're not even in class anymore it doesn't matter fuck class <laughs> <laughs> a nor- okay so normally i do a seedling round mm-hmm. shit i said i was never going to explain it again so actually i'm not <laughs> going to explain it <laughs> no worries cacao now it's time for the seedling round where small answers lead to tasty Small <laughs> questions lead to tasty answers. Okay, got you. Oh my gosh. I normally don't curse this much, but clearly <laughs> I'm on one. So what 
do you feel like is one of your like innate strengths? Um, I think probably my temperament. Um, I'm not very easily riled up. I tend to stay very, um, calm, cool, collected, if you will, in most situations. Um, and so I think that's something that I've come to see as a, as a big strength, you know, I guess you see people not being like that and the repercussions that it may have. Mm -hmm. And that's why you haven't been laughing at all my jokes, right? You're just um, I mean, I must not have heard them. That's why, because I, <laughs> I mean, I would, I would laugh at all in any jokes. <laughs> okay, 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 fair enough. Do you? This is a silly question. How do you conceptualize time? Oh, oh, oh okay. How do I conceptualize <laughs> time? Yeah. The, the concept of time. Um. Or maybe how do you measure time? How do I measure time? In, in what sense? Um, to... I, will, I will give an example. <laughs> when I was in college, oh, so long ago, <laughs> um, the way that I would think about time, like the mm-hmm. way that time passed in my brain was mm-hmm. through hobbies that I did. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've cycled through a lot of um, mm. Projects. We can think of it as projects too. I've cycled through a lot of projects. And so I think the way that I measured time was like, oh, what project was I working on at that moment? Mm, That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Maybe in similar sense to you, projects, but maybe more so like, um, like achievements or milestones. Maybe mm-hmm. that's how I've come to measure time, which shoot, not not healthy, <laughs> not at all, <laughs> not at, not at all. I've come to to realize, um, but I think, you know, the way I'm thinking of it, I guess, is I know a big thing for me is I always like to feel like I'm progressing towards something, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm at least moving forward, so that if I'm working on a project that I've made X Y Z milestone at this point. And, at, you know, a week or two or a month later to have made another milestone, that's when I feel like, you know, things are going great. Um, so I think that to be okay with not, not achieving anything in a time period, I think inherently it kind of makes me feel kind of like, uh, what are you doing, man? Like, are you, you should be doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that I have come to think of time in that way. but. I am trying to think about it in different ways now because I don't think it's very healthy to be that focused on like productivity and achievement. Um, So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think, have you always had that, um, that mentality of like, you should be doing something? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I think I have always had that mentality. Um, I think just growing up, you know, once you're kind of like, I don't know, an achievement oriented type kid, once, you know, you're focused a lot on like school grades, getting into good colleges, trying to get a good job, stuff like that. You mm-hmm. kind of just focus a lot on, on achievement and stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. just growing up that kind of like developed in me um, and like always wanting to, to be doing something, achieving something. Um yeah, in a from a very young age. Do you think we'll outgrow that? I hope so. <laughs> um, I think I think it's not something you outgrow per se. I think going back to one of our favorite words now, intentionality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think you gotta be very intentional about recognizing that as a problem. Cause I mean that's just one battle in and of itself. Recognizing that being very achievement focus or being very productivity focused on all times is a problem. And I think that COVID and Corona being quarantined has taught a lot of people that like that mentality of always go, go, go isn't healthy Mm -hmm. and unsustainable. Um, So I think that recognizing that as a problem is like one thing you have to do, but then being very intentional and combating it. So like now I will um, 
like now I try and focus on, I guess, getting religious again. I, I like try and take a Sabbath day every single week. So like, I will like be very intentional about like, I'm not working on this project like this Sunday or this Saturday. Right. And like, mm-hmm. it'll try when it creeps in my mind, when I'm tempted to like grab my laptop and like write something down, I will like intentionally be like, no, you're going to watch this TV show for the next hour and you're going to be okay with it. You're not going to feel the need to have to achieve something every single day that you do every single day, right? You have to be okay with um, not doing something. And I think that Mm -hmm. also in line with that is finding things that um, you enjoy doing that aren't kind of tied to like external achievements, right? So like for me, piano, like I can do piano, I can play piano and I try and learn it. um, But I don't feel like I'm not working per se towards like any like grand achievement. If I don't achieve playing this song and like you know this week i don't feel down on myself right so i think it's Mm -hmm. taking the time to find those things you enjoy doing just because you're doing them Mm -hmm. um not tied to any achievement um so yeah yeah but i think we could also even tie that back to the social media conversation where it's not necessarily about uh putting it on social media but we are now in this space where it's like well is this a thing I can monetize? Should yeah. I get really good at piano so that I can, That's I don't know. That's very real. That is very real because I know for me, something that I'm really into is cooking. So I've mm-hmm. always like really just enjoy cooking and I never really thought about it in any way except for I like cooking. I like making good food. I like eating good food, you know? So I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to learn how to cook. And I, over time, like I'll, I watch cooking shows on Netflix and I watch mm-hmm. all these videos and like try and learn all these weird techniques and stuff like that. I just enjoyed it. Um, but during quarantine, I've been bored. So I would like post some of my food on social media. People be mm-hmm. like, oh, this looks so cool. Uh, you know, when are we going to get tutorials? When's the cooking channel coming up? And I'm all yeah. like, um, at first you're all like, oh, I'm kind of <laughs> good at this. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should. And then you start thinking of like all the people who've like, started like careers doing cooking shows who like have a cooking Instagram and get like free cookware and get to like mm-hmm. go and eat at restaurants for free. And you're all like, I could do that. That could be me. And I mean, in some ways you're all like, Oh, I would enjoy it just because I like cooking. But at the same time, you know, it can get to the, what if it gets to the point where like I depend on this in an unhealthy way. Um, and then I stop enjoying it for what it is. And I start trying to, you know, tied to achievements so Mm -hmm. yes social media definitely can lead to a lot of traps that way Mm -hmm. another thing you touched on was um or another thing i was thinking about is i i wonder how much this need to achieve um that i also feel is like Mm -hmm. how much of it is influenced by being black um and just sort of being like this the way to prove my worth is Mm. by being exceptional by being excellent Mm. and it's like oh i just wonder what i wonder what's going on in my psyche (laughs) yeah no i think that's very very real um just kind of like if you in some ways you can think about like oh you know once you get once you get used to the fact that, or once you understand how people kind of view black people, right? Mm-hmm. Just like one, the negative stereotypes about black people, you feel like your, your perpetual job is to kind of like counteract those stereotypes. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, I if I do bad in this class, or if I mess up in front of all these white people during this presentation or during this project, I'm only going to reinforce every stereotype they have about black folks, right? I kind of mm-hmm. have to prove that, you know, we can we can achieve, we can do all these things. And there's the pressure for everything you do. Also, just like even just thinking about um, just the, the position of the black community in the United States about how like, you know, we are, we have to like fight for what we have and how right now we're not at an equal playing field with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Everything that, that I do or that black people do, it seems like, is, is what I'm doing. I got to attempt to like move the cause forward to like progress the black community. Right. I have to like, make sure I get like this dope job so I can like, you know, become this like executive and then like, you know, pay it back afterwards and like bring some folks up with me. Right. That constant Mm -hmm. need to kind of like push the black people forward. Um, Mm -hmm. 
great to have. Definitely, we all want to do that. But also, like, Exhausting. the freedom to be medi- mediocre is, like, something that is, like, white people, they can be mediocre. And no one's going to think that they're um, unintelligent and that they're they, they're lazy if they're mediocre. And right. I was reading this book recently, um, like, sort of Art of Not Giving an F. Um, and so um, they talk about how, like, social media in some ways, too, has kind of, like, made us think that everybody – is um extraordinary that like special and being extraordinary is the norm whereas i mean by definition cannot be the norm the norm <laughs> is that people are ordinary that people are mediocre that's most people end up being mediocre and like that really has to be okay like you don't have to be spectacular be extraordinary to be worthy of attention to be worthy of respect right um mm-hmm. but i think that's very hard for black people to kind of like come to that reality given the place that we are in society you know yeah yeah there's it's it's so tiring um feeling like i have to act in certain spaces feeling like i have to act um in a way that that shines well on i don't know three billion people that i've never met before (laughs) exactly um i this is this is not something I've ever really talked about before, mm. uh, but it's like it's with me, and I think yeah. it'll be with me forever. But I was talking to a friend of mine who is a like white, uh, non-American person, yeah. and he like throughout our entire uh, friendship, he's always sort of asked like question or he'll say things where I'll be like, Ooh, I want to go to the ocean. I'm like missing water or whatever. And he'll be like, Mm. Oh, you can swim. And I'm like, Mm. yeah. Do you not? I'm, I'm a competitive diver. We've (laughs) talked about that before. Like, what do you mean? And he's like, Oh, well, I mean, I had a friend who said that like black people can't swim. And I was like, well, your friend's a turd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the last time we spoke, like had a whole conversation, it was actually with someone else. Um, and my friend was talking about this guy that she was like dating or something. And she was like, mm-hmm. he's kind of corny. And this guy um being not American and like English is not his first language. She was like, Oh, what is corny? And I was trying to explain it, but I don't, I've never had to define corny. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I was like struggling through it. And then he was like, well, I mean, are black people corny? And I was like, so shocked and I didn't know what to do. So I just said no. Yeah. Which is a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just a lie because yes, people, just people people generally. Yeah. But it's like, I, the fear that I felt in that moment where I was like, I can't say yes, or like, I can't say yes, some of us are, because I know if I say that he will just, just like, he will create whatever image Mm. of all, you know? And I was just like, geez, I can't do this every day of my life. It's, it's, it's very exhausting. It's very hard. Yeah. 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 Oh man. That was a nice little tangent. <laughs> yes, very nice. Very very much needed though. Mm-hmm. Um what what excites you right now? What excites me right now? Hmm. I think two things I will mm-hmm. say. Um one is kind of finding those things that I mentioned before that I enjoy doing without tying them to achievement. Um, I think I don't have a lot of them, like cooking, maybe one, maybe playing the piano is one that I'm trying to like develop now, but I don't have a lot of them. Um, and I think that having those is the key to, you know, being happy in a lot of ways. And so every time I find something that I'm all like, wow, I enjoy doing this without having it being tied to achievement, I get really happy about that. Um, and I guess maybe in a similar vein to that, just learning, I'm in a space right now where like, I'm just learning a lot of different new things. Like I mean, the video project, I don't, I don't know how to make videos. I don't, I don't <laughs> do videos, never really been into that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, I'm learning how to like edit videos now, like 
create a compelling story in some ways, right? Um, just learning a bunch of new skills with that. Um, learning how to use social media effectively because I never really used it before a lot, like on a personal yeah. basis. And so now, mm-hmm. like, if you want to post it on social media, I guess you have to know how to use social media effectively, right? So, I mean, just I'm learning a lot of different things right now. And I think that when I learn something and, you know, I get somewhat decent at it, I kind of feel like a, a tinge of excitement, like, oh, this is great. This is this is cool. This is fun. I just enjoy learning. So I'd, I'd say those two things right now. Excited. Mm-hmm. Cool. That concludes the seedling round. Cacao. <laughs> um, now I want to end with two questions. Sure. What are you, what do you want to offer the world? Hmm. What do I want to offer the world? I mean, I don't know if this is, Maybe y'all think about this later and come with a different answer. But what the person that came into my mind was a different perspective. Mm. Um, so I think, um, I mean, I just think that a lot of, I think people will agree in some ways with some, that, you know, a lot of actions that we, all actions that we have stem from a perspective or belief that we have, right? Um, and I'm just very, just by nature of what I'm interested in, I'm just very inclined to believe that a big way forward in changing things um, is changing perspectives in hopes they will change behavior. Um, Because I think that at the end of the day, until we change the perspectives, right, the behavior, like it'll only, if we squash, I mean, I guess like the example that I think about sometimes is like looking at like racism, stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So of course it's great to like, you know, um, when someone does something racist to like call them out on it. Great. It's of course great to support the black community to um, look at ways for us to build ourselves up and stuff like that. All for that. Great. But also I think sometimes I think to myself, you know what, but until we get like non-black folks to look at us, you know, in a way where they don't want to or aren't okay with, you know, oppressing us or okay with us being second class citizens, like they're always going to reinvent a way to, oppress us right in mean, the right. angel story of like you end slavery we're like okay make jim crow you know and jim crow mm-hmm. now we have mass incarceration now you know so it's just like mm-hmm. they'll always find ways to reinvent the same old system so long as we don't change the beliefs that are inherent or at the core of the system um and so i think that for me what i want to do is kind of change those perceptions and i think that ties into a lot to what i want to do with mites um and kind of like helping us find that shared of sense of sh- that sense that sense of shared humanity of kind mm-hmm. of being able to see people who are different from us not even according to race but just like according to just like and literally anything right mm-hmm. and to think to this myself that you know what they're human being probably have more in common than we do different and there's no reason why i shouldn't treat them or with anybody else and i mean of course like super like according to say and we're probably all like of course i see everybody as you know people but like the facts show you don't, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we're fighting about. I, mm-hmm. I have facts that show you, in fact, do not see me that way. Right. Right. And so um, I think a big part of what I want to do is kind of like tackle that perception, at least right now, that's what I'm focused on. But I think just larger speaking, I'm really interested in changing perceptions um, that mm-hmm. people have of, you know, right now, inequality, but in the future, anything, you know, mm-hmm. And my final question is, I would love for you to just uh, shout out your greatest ambition and manifest it for the people. My greatest ambition? Uh, I think my greatest ambition, um, super simple in a lot of ways. I just want to have a really, really great family. Like in whatever... Um, I mean, not whatever way, but I think, you know, just growing up, I've had the privilege of having a really great family and not even just nuclear family, but like extended family. Like my cousins were all like super close. And mm-hmm. I think that's shaped me in a lot of ways, made me a better person, made me enjoy my childhood a lot, I feel like. And I know, one, how helpful it can be, but also on the flip side, just like looking at statistics, hearing stories, I know how damaging having a bad family can be to people, right? Um, yeah. So I think that my biggest, wildest ambition is to have like a super great, healthy family 
that's, you know, yeah, that's just great. A great family. That's what I want. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, where can people find you? Yeah, people can find me on social medias. So um, Instagram is at Pulumiogundipe, so P-E-L-U-M-I-O-G-U-N-D-I-P-E. Um, the brand Mites is at Mites House because at Mites was taken. Um, but that's also found in my um, like my personal bio as well, if you cannot find right. it, just looking it up. Um, that's really the only social media that I use. Um, I have a Twitter. Don't use it. Um, Snapchat. Haven't used in years. Facebook. Who uses Facebook? Come on, let's be I honest. I can't right? believe Snapchat <laughs> is still happening. For real. After Instagram stole their whole idea with the whole stories <laughs> thing, it's I mean, super trash on Instagram. But like at this point, just take the L and like call yeah. it. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Great. I will also put those things in the description so perfect, you guys can perfect. check that out. Um, thank you so much for being course, a part of, of this thing. Absolutely. And by the time this comes out, people will be able to see some, some Video. or all of the video series. Yes, yes. On, at my house. So that's at awesome. my house. Yes. Sweet. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hello. Welcome to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you. I hope that you got something out of this. And if you learned something, if you laughed, if you even just like my energy, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this with your friends. That will really help for this podcast and this community to grow. That helps me get more guests. And it means I can give you more of this delicious content. Much love, Athena Sayaka.